and a flaming <laughs> motorcycle <laughs> is sailing at his head. The dude doesn't even glance up at it. Nope. He is completely and utterly unflappable. You are listening to And If Love Remains, a unique show spotlighting people, ideas, science, culture, and art. Your host, Mike Lovett. Mike Lovett. Part 3 of our epic recap of the epic movie, RRR. Not the climax, the it's, it, it's the it's intersection. The ab- yeah, it's the, the fulcrum of the movie happens right here. Right, because mm-hmm. <laughs> Beam saves Raju. Raju is, is incapacitated. He gives him the antidote. He gives him his his um holy, holy cord. His holy cord, his, mm-hmm. his prayer cord, I guess. Uh, that he wears. Admits that he's not a Muslim, admits that he's really there to to save uh, Mali. From from uh, the governor, and Raju is like, <laughs> you can see the anger right. in his, like, the fire. In well, his he's face. just like, like confused, there's, there's a angry. Lot going on in that yeah. face, and that dude, that dude is a good actor. Yeah, he really is because. And as a story beat, he is still recovering. Like he is so weak from getting hit with the poison that he can't do anything about all of these revelations that are just right. suddenly hitting him. And he's trying to hold on to Beam because that's his mission, but he yeah. physically can't. Right. So when Beam leaves, he has to deal with this emotionally. Right. It's a big scene. Yeah. And, and he recovers a lot faster than Beam projects. But, uh, <laughs> uh, and again, well, he is a superhero. He is a superhero. <laughs> First the second time watching in that sequence when he's pummeling the wall, which seems fantastic, but again, it's India. That's Walter just <laughs> very good walls. Well, come on, man. Like when they were when they were running alongside the train. What other country can you do that? <laughs> Even right. in nineteen twenty. Right. Yeah, running on a motorcycle Jumping and a horse. The steam. And of course, yeah. The motorcycle's gonna go the same speed as the horse. It's India. Of course. But he's pummeling the wall and then you get these flashbacks and the first time you watch them they don't make a lick of sense because there's these abstract images Mm -hmm. of a hand that's had a finger blown off yeah and these gunshots and it looks like there's this kid that shot the guy who's missing the finger and then he's brought back to the present he's got his mojo and he's going to go do the thing even though he's heartbroken about it. Right. But the second time you watch it, he's upset, but those flashbacks are his motivation to go after Beam. Yeah. Those flashbacks are there because that's what's going on in his mind and that's why he goes forward. Right. He continues on his mission. So as soon as he is available (laughs) to to go on his mission, he, he goes... To hunt down Beam. Yeah. Right? We don't see that part, but we know that it happens. And it's a great piece of filmmaking because as its own unit, it works and it's confident in itself. It's not trying to explain to the audience why these flashbacks are happening because we'll get to that. Right. right. And when you watch this again, <laughs> <laughs> it'll make sense. Right. Yeah. It's, 
It's like a Christopher Nolan. I, I, I just want to say we haven't gotten to the intermission yet. <laughs> oh, right. Because it's three hours long and we're at one hour ten. And we're apparently doing blow by blow. <laughs> right, um, right. There's so much to do. So. And now we get to the now security we get to, scene. Right. The, the, I mean, the most awesome thing. And again, going awesome to things. Indians oh. having superpowers, one of Beam's helpers is listening to the sound the doors make when right. they open and close at the headquarters. Right. So people are going into the party one one car at a time. Right. So he's listening in this tree. And they hear the outside doors close. And these are not the heavy doors. These are the wooden doors, the light doors. And he's listening. And it's so tense. And it's so quiet. And he hears the heavy inside doors open. And that's when he gives the signal to hit the gas on the truck that's carrying something. (laughs) (laughs) And the car crashes through the light gates because they weren't going to make it through both. It probably couldn't make it through the heavy doors. So they waited until strategically making their move. It is so smart and so good. (laughs) Right. Because if this was modern Hollywood blockbuster, I'm not sure they would have had that airlock. And if they did, they would have tossed a grenade and everything would have exploded and then they just drive right through. And it's like, it's not as interesting as waiting until you can make a surgical strike. Yeah. So they crash through the light doors, skid through the heavy doors. They do a bootleg turn till the car is drifting this like, 10 foot, 12 foot tall car is drifting sideways. Car, this army truck. Right. Right. It's got this huge cargo. uh, The guy rolls himself up in the canvas blanket to reveal crates of something. The guy stops the car, pulls the lever, and the crates open. And then, more like explode. The greatest (laughs) shot in cinema history as Kumaram Beam with all the animals of the forest launch out <laughs> against the British. Right, it just, just flies out. This is when that disclaimer comes in. You got bears, you got deer, you got wolves, you got lions and tigers and... Well, I guess not lions. There was no lions. So you got wolves and tigers and bears and leopards. Leopards. Leopards instead of lions. And the leopard and- comes up. <laughs> I'm not sure who was the more dangerous bear. Cocaine bear or... Comoran beam bear. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> They're dangerous bear bears. Very dangerous. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean that is such an epic moment when Beam has got the two torches in his hand. The torches are important too, right? And again, in confidence, it slows everything down. Right. It knows this is an awesome shot. It knows <laughs> you want to revel in this. So it could have been two seconds long and then cut to him landing. But it is maybe four seconds long of this Sailing one shot. And then it has a reaction of the British. And then it has another <laughs> closer <laughs> angle. Again, like straight up comic book imagery. Yeah. This a is... beam. And on one side is a tiger. And then there's another leopard. Leopard maybe on the other side. And then he lands. And it's he's got this superhero landing. And the animals are pointed out. But then they turn to him. Right. <laughs> The, the animals that are closest to him start to attack him. Right. Because they're what? Animals. <laughs> and he uses the torches to what? Scare away the animals. <laughs> yep. Right? And so, I mean, you would not see that in a Marvel movie. 
if you saw that that moment at all, right, and assuming that the hero hadn't been like gender bent and and made you know Chinese for some reason, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, the, they the would have landed, and all of the animals would have done their bidding because right. the animals are on the good guy's side, and they know who the good guy is. So of course they're not going to harm the good guys. But in this movie, we're not going to go after the guy animals. that captured us. And... No, like for the whole fight scene, yeah, the animals are. Definitely attacking the British, but Beam dodges at least three animals. Yeah, he gets attacked at least three times. And there, there are, um, I mean, this is probably a twenty-minute sequence, thirty-minute sequence. I don't know if it's that long. It feels it like fe- it feels well, like it feels not in so a bad big. Way. Epic. Yeah, if, I mean, it's 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 yeah, it, it's the um, the gladiator, you know. Uh, army movie or, or scene you know it's like it's so big and there's just so many things happening so much is it doesn't happening. feel like it takes a long time but it feels like it should take a long time like right. how could all of this have happened in, in maybe these moments six minutes and and it's at that moment that beam and raj have their confrontation right right because and if you thought Kumaran Beam's epic entrance right? was <laughs> right. Raju was like, "Hold my bear," right? <laughs> right, because he comes crashing through. Now, I mean, the whole courtyard is in chaos. Yeah, right. Every animal of the forest is just running scared. Like, are the deer there to kill people? No, but the people are in their way. <laughs> right, <laughs> and they've got hooves and horns, and it's not good for anybody. I like uh, when the uh, the fat. British guy gets uh, gets impaled on the stag's antlers. Right. See, um, just rips his arm off. Oh, uh, well, almost off. But yeah. Rips it up. I it's think a... it traumatized the deer too. Yeah. Like that deer is not sleeping for weeks. That no. is a great shot too. Like he's fighting with the bad guy that has the key to Molly's freedom. And yeah, that's symbolic, but it's also literal. The right. key he is on his gauntlet. Yeah. So being like flips him and he's just flipping him for flip's sake like he's going to hit him in the <laughs> flip's sake. this is this is how he fights he throws the guys around mean? but there's just a deer in the way right and the guy's lands arm on lands on the antler <laughs> and neither of them want to be there so they're both flailing right the deer's trying to get away the guy's like trying to get his arm off it's so dark it feels so moment. painful oh, to watch and it's so gratifying because he deserves it oh yes he does he deserves it and so, anyway, the key. Bridge. so he's made this epic entrance right and he's got the key yeah he's got the key all he has and to do now is all he has we'll to do over is grab fight Molly. his way through these pansy british guys that are already being uh just pummeled by tigers and oh did we talk about throwing the leopard we didn't mention throwing the leopard but, but there is leopard there throwing. is a moment where someone gets a leopard thrown at them watch the movie watch uh, the movie again if all you knew about the movie going into it was someone throws a leopard at another guy like why wouldn't you go see that movie press play uh, oh and right. by the way uh we're Give, not even to the intermission take we are my not money. halfway through the movie <laughs> Uh, this is going to be a long one. People are turning off the podcast. <laughs> right. right um, so anyway, Raju's entrance, right? I don't know where these things came from. No, no, no. Because they are not introduced. Well, I know where they from came the from. They come from the four apocalypse. <laughs> right. So he's got the same place as the soundtrack. Four <laughs> massive white horses drawing. Um, 
a carriage, right? Like mm-hmm. a, yeah, a, it's like a white carriage. Yeah, not like a not like a um, farmer's carriage, no. but like a royal. Like Cinderella. this is what the queen arrives. <laughs> Cinderella's yeah. carriage, right? Yeah, and it's a flame. It is on. Why is it on fire? Because it can. He be. needs to be. <laughs> Yeah. It might have been so, included in the deleted scene. I don't know. I would love to see all the stuff that got cut from this movie. Right? Yeah, there's stuff. It is three cut. hours and not a wasted moment. So what didn't they include? Right? <laughs> but he comes in there with his four white horses in full uniform now. Yeah. Right? He uh, is not hiding. Beam he, had no he idea he was a cop. Uh, <laughs> the, the wagon or the, the carriage is aflame. He lets the horses go, which immediately drops. I don't know what the like T-shaped bar is that the. It's not the yoke because the yoke is with the. That's horses. what the horses are right, right. But whatever to, it but... is, right, the T-shaped bar that's in front of the the carriage just hits the ground. It crashes like almost immediately into something and flips the whole kit caboodle and uh, upends it. And there's this amazing shot of Raju who has jumped off the carriage, of course. Yeah. And he's standing on the ground, and this like flaming thirty carriage. feet of flaming carriage is like <laughs> sailing over his head in this big arc, and then it explodes and it hits beam, and and then they have the most epic fight ever. Just a which is Raju can't look beam in the eye, right? Because he literally loves him. Another yeah. great character right? moment. He cannot look. He's like, please let me arrest you. (laughs) Right. right. And Beam is like, I did nothing wrong. I did nothing wrong. Let me, you know, you know why I'm doing this. You know, uh, because I told you while you were dying from Bandit Crate while I was saving your ungrateful life. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, he's crying. Yeah. Right. Because he does not want to hurt Raju. Yeah. And Raju won't look at him because he's going to hurt Beam. Yeah. He's going to do it. If he if he has to, and epic fight ensues, water versus fire. Yeah, there's that great moment where he throws Beam, and Beam has been holding the key this whole time, the key to Molly's freedom, and when he gets thrown, he's forced to let go of it, and it bounces and it bounces. And I've seen this in a lot of movies where the thing almost falls down a crate, but then like lands just so so then the hero has to go grab it and you know it'll be it you grab the thing, thing yeah but now oh no it's almost gone so we're just going to grab the thing again but it just falls just goes it's gone right into the sewer it's never to be retrieved yeah so so that's when he really gets unloads on raju and raju starts to feel the full force <laughs> of being and yeah. it's pretty epic. It's I mean, you can't use the word epic too often. <laughs> no, you can't. Like, it really um, it is, is in fact it's, awesome. It it right, right. Yeah. It is what awesome is intended to mean. It inspires awe. It is. And you know, they have the big fight, they end up um up on top, and um the, the long and the short of it is um the, like holy thread right, that the Bean thread. gave Raju is how Raju is able to keep him from saving Molly. Right. Just long enough to arrest him. And right. He catches him. But there's an important part in that right. fight. The, the British, are you thinking of the, the governor? No, no, that part too. But I'm thinking of when when um, when Raj has beam dead to rights. Mm, and he's got a little stone. Yeah, and he's got a stone oh, right. ready to bash his head and kill him. 
and he just falls short and being turned you know the fight continues and right. but that's important and again it's interesting it, in that well, moment it is important it's also important to remember that he only gets a reward if he kills Beam. That's true. He gets the promotion he if he's alive. Only only gets the promotion if he brings him back. Alive. But I guess he could have, you know, spoiler alert, like the mother doesn't die <laughs> at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. But at the but the um but Beam would probably survive that attack. But it would inca- incapacitate him. Right. It probably would. But he doesn't choose to do it. And then but the, the real end of the mm-hmm. oh go ahead. After he doesn't incapacitate Beam, Beam throws him out over, and while Raju is on the ground, he Beam grabs three sticks out of his bandolier and stabs him in the heart. Right. Which, like, <laughs> Raju is already heartbroken. <laughs> yeah, no, no symbolism there. No, no, this is a little bit of turnabout's fair play. Yeah. yeah. This, I really like those cool things because. They're just like three sharpened pieces of stone that he wears across his across his chest. And there's nothing connecting them, but when he grabs them, he just holds them between his fingers right. and just jams them into... into Plunges them into his heart. Into his heart. Um, must have missed the heart, but still. Yeah. So then Superhero. Governor Scott yeah. shows up and points a gun at Molly, and that's the ultimatum. <laughs> Surrender or we'll shoot her. Right, which is the only reason he quits. Yeah. And Raj realizes that he says, "You want you want a chance at Molly? You, you want now. yeah? You want her Stop. alive? You need to surrender right now." Right, right. And this brings us to the interval, interval. <laughs> <laughs> with three R's. Right. Uh, yes, yes. So I mean, lots lots going on in that. You know? It's so yeah. I mean. Yeah, I almost want to pause there, but I don't want to mm-hmm. because like the because. In our version, where there isn't a 15-minute intermission, right. the story <laughs> continues. It goes right into it, and all of a sudden, you're like in a different spot, a different place, different land. Right, right. Yeah, the the intermission the- is a storytelling tool. It lets the audience leave and come back, and now you felt time go by. It it is incorporated really well. And then that's when we get um, Roger's backstory. The whole yeah. story. Yeah. You know, and we find out just and and um you know, I've seen some reviews of RRR and, and some of them are like, you know, the backstory is like twenty or thirty minutes that you're just in the past. And I feel like it could have been done differently. And it could have been done differently. It could have been incorporated have, all throughout. Would but, not have been nearly as interesting. Right, because the whole thing is up until the interval, you see Raju and Beam are are totally on opposite sides. Right. And now you find out how is it that this hero of India was working for the Imperial Police? Yes. And the answer is because he was working on the inside. He was on a mission given to him by his father moments before he died. Yeah. To get the guns because... They needed guns to protect themselves against the British who had guns. Yeah. It's a really, I mean, again, you've got to see the movie to do this justice, but it is a heart wrenching scene. This whole thing, this whole, again, it's probably a 20 minute long, 15 minute long, you know, backstory. 
and and it's um you know and, and it has to do with with a village um that is that is trying to do what they can to be raj's father um is a former officer who realizes that he's on the wrong side of things yep. and steals a weapon steals some bullets and is now trying to train the village to rise up against the british empire yep and raju at this point is just a, a child yeah right? he's 10 maybe 12, 10 or 12. Yeah. yeah so so that's what we we see we see the training we see his father his father talks about how in his day um a British officer had explained to him the value of a bullet. Right. And, and this guy's had a shtick for a couple of was, decades. What was it? It was four shillings in that day. Right. Um, I got to tell you, like, I wouldn't know a shilling from a quid. Like, <laughs> I don't have any idea how many shillings are in a quid. <laughs> I don't know. Um but it is cool. But, but I don't know if that's inflation or yeah, it's got to be inflation. Or if things right? are just getting more expensive. Because <laughs> this is his father, who's already in a flashback, and now his father's having a flashback. Right. And it's an inception who, moment. Guess who was the evil officer? Oh, let me guess. It Governor Scott. Governor Scott. Yep. The I don't most know if he was governor then. But... Evil man of all. Do and, you know the value of this bullet? Right. I just want to take a moment to say. All the British, of course, are evil in this movie, right? But you know how, like, maybe in a Star Wars movie or even in a an Avengers movie, like, there's bad guys and they're just kind of there to just get beaten up and they're not yeah. particularly menacing or particularly good, right? Not Voldemort. But, <laughs> but Governor Scott is Governor Scott because he is the baddest, meanest, most unflappable demon in a british uniform <laughs> true. that the whole empire has oh, wait, he is evil incarnate when he makes his entrance at the very beginning of the movie mm-hmm. he's on a horse with a dead carcass of a deer right. <laughs> and coming from a hunt i mean it's like the classic british right we are t- we right. we own you moment but he is he is not just mean and evil no he is sadistic. He's he's, dangerous. Yeah. He's really dangerous. As strong and as intelligent and dangerous as Raju and Beam are, he is at least. Right. Right. Yeah. He is. He is. It's just that he's evil also. Right. Um, there was, a, uh, I'm sure, a moment that we'll explain in excruciating detail. <laughs> but in, in Avatar... Hmm. The the original movie Avatar, not not the Airbender, but the uh, Avatar two thousand nine. What's his name, Cameron? Yeah, the blue Avatar. Yeah, um, yeah, James Cameron. He's got the Colonel Quaritch, Quaritch, whatever. Mm. But the dude, he's got the scars on his head, right? Yep. Like this dude is not just the bad guy, and I'm not even honestly sure he is the bad guy. But in Avatar, like. This is a guy who is so tough that not only has he survived combat with these things before, but he is currently engaged in combat with insurgents that are 10 feet tall. Right. In an atmosphere that is poisonous to him, and he's on fire. And he has no breathing equipment, and he just gets into the exoskeleton and starts whooping. Right? I mean, 
that is that a order of operations. He guy. Yeah. He hops into the thing, then, then he passes himself, himself out, out <laughs> and then decides to close the cockpit so he can breathe. Right. Right. He's a tough guy. Yeah. And Governor Scott is tough to that degree. Yeah, he's in that same right, right uh, thing. The moment, well, there's two moments that I'll go ahead and just skip ahead to. Yeah. Right. The one where he's uh he's in a car chase, he's chasing Raju. So spoilers of spoilers. Um <laughs> And his car gets hit by a falling palm tree, uh-huh. right? And the car, the front end of the car gets driven into the ground. So the whole car is flipping. Uh, ass over tea kettle is what they say in, the, yeah. in Britain, right? <laughs> um, and this dude is, he is being flung out of the car. Right. He is flying through the air. In slow motion, you can see motion. his he cigar over, is just particleizing. Right, right. His, his cigar has exploded. He reaches out into space where his rifle is flying as well. He grabs his rifle. He hasn't landed yet. No. He brings it up to his shoulder. He lands on the wreckage of his car. And he shoots the other car so hard <coughs> that it explodes it off of the road. It doesn't, yeah, when he hits the car, it doesn't, it doesn't flip. Just, it goes it sideways. Goes, right? It flies. It, like the wheels are six feet off the ground. And, I don't know how you can shoot hard, but he can. <laughs> well, I and, believe it. And even as you describe it, like, again, you have to see it, the movie, because, right. like, the look in his eyes, right. oh, like, he's he is focus, man. not he's... concerned about the car or landing. <laughs> he is going to shoot that he, guy. He, <laughs> right. He was, oh, yeah. Right. I mean, he the, is a tough villain. And is it more ludicrous than a Bond villain? Probably. But it's, it's amazing, so much man. stronger. It's so, so great. Much, he is Darth Vader without a redemptive arc. And and this goes back again to what we've like another theme of this movie. We've talked about the British being evil and everything. Like there are clear good guys, there are clear bad guys. Right. There, I mean, and that's what makes Raj's character really interesting because he because you know from the beginning like he's a bad guy, but like there's something different about him, and and that's kind of where that arc happens. But but man, you're right. Like it is so, like it, it it is. He's he's the he's the um who's the blue guy in the Marvel universe, the big dude that destroyed Thanos. The, yeah, he's the Thanos in, in this world. <laughs> like man, nothing's gonna stop him from stopping. Um, right. Yeah, he is focused, Raj. man. And and again, after he shoots the car, he tells his soldiers, uh, "Go after him, capture him alive, or I will skin every I will." <laughs> Skin, scalp skin hell skin, skin every, every last, last one. one of you and i believe it yeah <laughs> right well if you had just seen the guy pull off this trick you know he could catch your skinny little butt right. and, and, and skin you um and again there's a, another moment later where he has just witnessed like the utter humiliation of his troops at the hands of of Raju and Beam, right? Yeah. And he's standing on the balcony next to his wife. <laughs> yes. And a flaming <laughs> motorcycle <laughs> is sailing at his head. The dude doesn't even glance up at it. Nope. He is completely and utterly unflappable, right? That thing 
Like it's sailing inches above his head and he is looking at these guys that he is going to it's, kill. If the building didn't collapse out from under him, <laughs> he would have done Yes. It. <laughs> yes. By the way, I think that that actor was in the um, that HBO series, Rome. I think he was one of the... Um, it's when? possible he's been in. I, I did look at his IMDb briefly, and I mean it's it's pages long. Yeah, he was he's an he's a. I mean, he does cartoon villain like nobody, <laughs> and he's done some voice work too. Okay, it's it's great. Anyway, um, and we do have to kind of like speed up the process <laughs> a little bit. Like, yeah. well, let's see. We can. Uh, we so can... here's the here's so this whole village scene with young Raj right. as we as we find out. Right, so he's explained the the cost of a bullet. Yeah. And it needs to earn its value. That's right. Right? The only way that it can earn its value is by putting it back into an Englishman. That's right. Which is a beautiful way to do that. It's so, yeah. It, it, um, uh, the British come. I don't even remember why they were there. Were they there to get his dad? They were there to get his dad, yeah. yeah he's he he's a revolutionary. The army, so now okay. they're, they're here for him. I'm going to have to watch it again. Uh, <laughs> it's the only way to be short. <laughs> right? So, you know, they send, like, a regiment. Like, yeah. I don't know, 50 guys, like, Easy. show up. And, uh, you know, he basically, he's the only guy with a gun. Yeah. And he's holding him back. And... And this, I I just want to say, like, this whole scene as a father, like, touches my heart. Because sure. if only I could teach my son how to be a man like he did in that moment. It's well, so. It's a little extreme. It is extreme. <laughs> but but seriously, like, it is yeah. so. Be like, like a man, not teach him like in that moment. Because that's <laughs> yeah, a yeah. harsh moment. <laughs> well, but it, it's, it's, it's the thing, like, you, listen. The most important thing is for you to focus on what you need to focus on. Right. That's where he gets his his mission. Yeah. Right. He um the the short version is the um he he tells I think his son um he says you see how how they fall back with just one man with a gun. Yeah. You know. Well, I, and, you, and by the way, just to back up, He's 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 shooting the the um, rifles. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's shooting the guns, and he realizes he's out of bullets. And then it's his son who out of nowhere shows up with right. the box of bullets. Right. His son shows up. He knows carrying, that his dad needs help, so he carry. shows up with all of the ammo in the village. Right. He's got, and I don't know if this was symbolic or not. Right. But he's got what is clearly an unwrapped um, turban. Yeah. His father was a turban, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. Yeah. So he's got an unwrapped turban. He's got one end of it in his hand. And when he gets there and his dad is like, what are you doing? And he, he pulls it up and the other end is tied to the ammo box and the dynamite. Which again, it's thematic, but it has that practical application. This kid probably couldn't carry all that Right, there's stuff, no way. He, he would have got shot. But he just runs with the rope and pulls it. And that's really nice story. That's good storytelling, yeah. Right? yeah. It is. It is. So we're failing at speeding this up. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, um, uh, let's see. So his father gets shot. He actually um, got shot by a British guy who loses his trigger finger from the bullet. Yeah. Right? Uh, so no, he, he's the, he loses the ring finger. I don't think so. He loses a finger. The, okay. the father, Raju's father? Raju's father. Loses the ring finger. Then he should still be able to shoot the gun. 
Well, we'll have to watch it again. Yeah. But <laughs> I am 90% sure he loses his, his trigger finger, which yeah. is why he can't pull the trigger, right? Right. Yeah. Get in the comments. You can only... You can only shoot the way you've trained, right? And when you start messing with that, then your yeah. your training is compromised. Anyway, gives, gives Arju the gun uh, in the most... Uh, left-wing upsetting scene since the patriot uh, where mel gibson gives his like eight and ten year olds like guns and instructions on how to kill the british right Uh, another entry in the uh, british are the worst cinematic universe um so raju is is shooting um and a nice little motif that they introduce of load aim shoot load aim shoot keeps coming up um just no matter how many british they throw at him just keep calm load aim Shoot. <laughs> right. His mother has evacuated most of the villagers as she's evacuating the final group. Um, his his brother, her son, um, gets shot. Mm-hmm. She runs out there to, to, to grab him. She gets shot. So now Raju has lost his mother and his brother. Yeah. And now his father is... Um, they're out of bullets, right? Almost. They've got one bullet left. Yeah. So. And it's not exactly Roy O'Bannon, but. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's that's a deep cut. <laughs> you know, it's not exactly, um, you know, it's Latin, but it's pretty deep. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, so they come up with a plan and his father goes out to surrender mm-hmm. ostensibly. And when all of the British, because they're pathetic and cowardly, they surround him. Um, he flings off, uh, the, uh, his robe, the his, robe. Yeah. And he says like, load, aim, shoot. And Raju shoots him, hits the, uh, dynamite that has been strapped to his back. Uh-huh. And in typical movie fashion, all of the dynamite explodes when he gets shot. Right. I don't Maybe that happened in India. I don't know. called Indian physics. Right. Well, they get the secondary <laughs> nitro that's been sweating for a couple of days. Right. Right. Uh, it, it was old. It was. It was old. So it could have been unstable. Um, anyway, his father, red mist, right? Yeah. Kills all of the British. So this is Raju's final interaction with his father. In yes. the last 10 minutes, the British have shown up, killed his mother and brother, and now he's been forced to shoot his own dad in order to kill the British and to save the village. Yeah. So talk about origin story. <laughs> so we have an idea why he's so focused. Yeah. And so that, you know, that brings that... it around. And I mean, it's just, and then it brings it back, you know, and he's, uh, he's now experiencing this crisis of confidence, yeah. um, of conscience, really. Um, Cause he, he wants to accomplish this thing that he's worked his entire adult life for. And and he he has it now. He's it's captured being. It's in his grasp. He's he's been given the the special officer rank because he caught Bean. And the importance of the special officer rank is that from time to time he's in charge of the of the munitions. Right. So he gets to, to ship the guns. He's he at some point will be responsible for a shipment of, of guns and ammo to a British outpost. Right. That was the whole purpose of getting the special officer rank was so that he would get in charge of the guns and then he would bring those guns, he would divert them back to his village. And 
because his father, like you said, in, in the most, in the, in the greatest moment of, of, you know, Liberty history, the father says, see this one rifle, right. see, we hold off a whole, what if every person in every village had a rifle we could we could rid the British of which is true. Rid us of ourselves of the British. <laughs> yeah, Take absolutely. That Shane. Right. <laughs> um, keep these deep cuts coming. <laughs> uh, so so yeah. So now we know why he's motivated, um, but now he's torn because he's betrayed his best friend, and then the British because they're evil, they they put Beam out for public torture so that he can confess his crimes. Um, and they put Raju in charge of, of whipping him, yeah, driving him to his knees, which he doesn't. Right. So that's that's when <laughs> the Wicked Witch of London <laughs> throws him a metal spiked bullwhip, which she keeps between her legs for some reason. <laughs> so she literally just reaches down between her legs and says, use this, and throws it at him. And it's this evil Pontius Pilate looking device, right? Like this Roman-esque. <laughs> and the governor says, well, aren't you? Aren't, aren't you wicked, quite vicious? vicious right? right? <laughs> like, this, again, unflappable. <laughs> right? Yeah, this guy's digging it. He's like, I hope you got another one. You know, I don't know. So, so while right. Beam that is getting... Be, that been the most sexual tension in the entire <laughs> right? movie. <laughs> right? So while Beam is getting whipped with this monstrosity of a torture device... He starts Time to for a song. sing. <laughs> right. And it somehow works. <laughs> it, 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 it feels right. The first time I was watching it, he started singing. I didn't for a moment second guess it. Now, I've tried watching um, at a couple different times Sound of Music for various <laughs> reasons. And every so often they just bust out into song over the littlest things. Yeah. I get that it's a musical and that's why they're singing, but it always feels like we're going to stop the movie so that we can sing about it and then we'll get right back to the movie. Don't worry, this will only be a four-minute detour. No, but this is a whole plot point. Yeah. Right? It feels right. It's like he's getting whipped. He has this little talk to himself about how you can't fail now because if you fail, you didn't deserve the title you were given of protector of mm -hmm. tribal of that kind of thing yeah so it felt right when the song started and then the lyrics are just amazing right. yeah they really are and through his song he ends up turning the, the the crowd that is gathered to watch they stop just being um passive and oh isn't it sad to angry oh you can see it in and, their faces and, they and riot. when he hits when he hits the deck after being tortured and after singing that song um two things happen raju grabs him mm -hmm. gets him the heck out of there didn't have to right but he did under the guise of putting him back into custody yeah right? um and the other thing is is that the crowd went completely berserk and rushed the stage and rushed the officers. And, and this completely and unarmed Indian crowd demands reinforcements from the British because they are climbing over the barbed wire. They are, some people are getting pulled onto the barbed wire and then other Indians 
are walking on their backs over it to attack the British. It yeah, is, it's really, I mean, it, it is a classic hardcore. moment of, you know, realization that there are more of us than of them. Mm -hmm. And I just want to say that having tried to get on a bus in Mumbai, that is exactly how they act. <laughs> um, they will absolutely walk there over is you. Absolutely no, like, oh no, please you go right ahead. No, no they is. will push old women to the floor and to get a seat. I mean, it, but that's neither here. Nor there. Uh, I just so that was that part was a documentary. That, right, that was uh, that was definitely historically accurate. Um, one guy said lunchtime and the they just rushed the wire. And yeah, they, they kept rolling. <laughs> so and and the other important thing that happens is Ra is Raj sees this and he sees the crowd right. and he comes to the realization and there's like I, I love this where he says, you know, I thought I was going to be freeing India with weapons. And I realized it, you know, it's he turned the emotion into a yeah. weapon. Right. He used emotion to turn the people into weapons. Well, because again, his father says, you know, the weapons will find the battle. Hmm. You know, hmm. weapons will find the battle. And Raj realizes the, you know, if if I can evoke this emotion, like who almost who needs weapons? Right. I, I mean, right. Right. Yeah, it definitely the the movie become the, they kind of the two of them reform a uh, mutual admiration society, right? Because yeah. Because uh Raju, he's he's like he comes to the decision that he's going to free his friend at the cost of completing his mission. Right. Um because his friend has shown him that emotion can turn these people into weapons that that could be their key to freedom. And that's when he does, you know, he does eventually free him eventually beam learns from Sita who has come because the British sent the British, her notice that we're going to execute Raju. Right, Raju and we need gets you to collect the body. Yes. He's going to be executed. Sita is coming to, to um, collect the body. And so she tells the backstory and now, now beam he says, like, I was fighting for my family. He was fighting for the whole country. So I'm going to go save him. Yeah. So, so like, and it's Beam, important. And it's important to know that Beam at this point has accomplished his goal. Like, right. he has freed Molly with Raj's help. With Raj's help, although he, he doesn't know, know that. He doesn't know it. Even Molly, I don't think, knew that Raju was helping him. Right. No. Help, um, he, she just knew that he was bringing her. Right. And to watch the execution and, of Beam. And she ran. Mm hmm. And she didn't ever see that he was holding others back. And right. there's that great shot. Ra uh, Molly is running towards Beam, and Raju is running after Molly because he's going to make sure that she and Beam are safe. And then he sees this British officer loading a gun and aiming it at Molly. Mm -hmm. So he pulls the gun. And from Beam's perspective, it looks like Raju is about to shoot Molly. So he grabs her and Raju shoots the British officer, but that's not what Beam sees. So he wrestles him to the ground and then he's got a spike and Raju is he's broken. He's bleeding. He he can't breathe anything. And Beam is he has his life in his hands and he drives the wooden spike down. And again, my first time watching this, I had no historical context for who these people were. 
But I totally would have believed that he just killed him. Right. I totally would have believed that it and it absolutely fine. killed him yeah. to do that. Like everything works. There's nothing cheap about it. I didn't feel like it wasn't a possibility. Right. Yeah. And the cinematography doesn't doesn't help that much <laughs> it starts by fil- taking a shot from the opposite side. Yeah. So it looks like the 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 spike or whatever has been driven through Raju's neck. Right. And then of course But that it goes back to that theme of of like how at what point how what point does your single mindedness in in helping the the big picture do you do do you do so many evil things that you become evil? And so as an audience member, you're like, I mean that's that's Raj's penance. That's like, okay, I'm okay with him dying there knowing that he did what he could to save Beam and Molly. Mm-hmm. You know? It's tragic, but it everything about it feels earned. Right. Yeah, yeah. But like you said, he doesn't kill him. He continues on. <laughs> right, because that's not who Beam is. Yeah. Beam, as you say, he at this moment, he's got Molly. Right. His job is to get her to safety. That's right. And, and he's not going to he's, sacrifice anyone else. He doesn't that, need to sacrifice anyone else to do it. He just runs. Yeah. And he never sees... Um, Raju keeping like four or five more British soldiers and Raju is fending them off single-handedly with a spike in his back and a couple of (laughs) rocks thrown at his head and he's he was in bad shape but but so back to where 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 Jim was you know it's you know through this time he uh, meets Sita Sita And learns the backstory, learns what's going on, and like makes you know just an epic pact that he is going to right this wrong. Right, right. And so he goes back into the the mouth of the beast to find his friend, who has been at this point imprisoned for months. Yeah. Um, Beam hasn't been able to get completely out of this area around Delhi because, you know, the governor didn't die. He saw what happened and, and uh, locked it down, locked it down. And so they've been doing uh, this pincher move, trying to catch him. Right. Um, anyway. So beam basically leaves Molly with, with his people and he goes back to, uh, to save, uh, to save Raju. And Raju, at this point, he has, uh, there's there's a scene where, um, you know, the, the Brits are talking about how they've been starving him, and then they go to look at him, and he's still doing pull-ups. And every time he pulls up, he's looking out the bars at the mansion. Yeah, where the guns are. Where the guns are. Um, Again. And that's when he quotes the Bhagavad Gita. Yep. Um, the Sanskrit, and mm-hmm. that's why he gets the crap beat out of him again while he's chained and helpless, and then they throw him into uh, into solitary confinement, which is a hole in the ground, right? Which has just enough room for him to kind of crunch up his knees and then continue doing very short pull ups. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Like he immediately goes, he's like he is inflappable. Like he's just right, bang. And it's yeah. kind of a cool payoff from an earlier set of doing the best friends montage. He's doing pull-ups on a tree. He invites Beam to do pull-ups, but Beam decides to do squats with Raju on his back, which is about to come up. Okay, so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, 
Beam goes to rescue Raj. They find each other using the pound using method. Not do not do again. <laughs> Bangs not do not do on the ground and and they- again. The second most epic fight in all of cinematic <laughs> history happens as as they try to escape the prison, um, and like and the- which turns into the most epic because I'm 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 like there's actually like it starts one way and ends up you know mm-hmm. another yeah and so uh, one of my I like the dialogue exchange that they have when Beam gets there because as far as Beam is just saw um raju was about to shoot molly and then he defeated him but then he gets the backstory so he doesn't question what was going on he just trusts that whatever it looks like it must have been in service of this goal and he's talking crying to his best friend about i should never have done this um i never knew you were on such a noble journey to do this wonderful thing. It is wild. It was yeah. it was Raja who was like whipping Beam. Me, yeah. And it's Beam that's like crying saying, I'm sorry, I didn't get it. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> tribal that I am. I didn't understand I, this great goal. Like, that, you, just, that just, again, seems like a really Indian thing. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. And you had said something to me earlier symbolism. about how the, the symbolism of when they yeah. first meet. When they jump off the side of the bridge... Beam is the one that grabs the child, and Raju is the one that holds the flag for the country. But they save the child by trading. Beam gives the child to Raju, who gets it out of harm's way. Right. And then Beam has the flag, and that's why he was able to stay safe in the fire, and then they come together at the end. So it's this kind of... It's kind of the whole movie in a five-minute segment. No, absolutely. That's really wild. Raj wanted the guns and Beam wanted the child. But now that they've gotten past a bunch of hurdles, they Raju was the reason the child is safe and Beam is the reason the guns will come. Yeah. But both of them think that the other is fighting for a more noble purpose. Yeah, that's that's a power that's a really powerful thing. Um it's a great theme. It is a great theme. And and you know, again, you can't do like as we describe a few of these things, you cannot do it justice cuz when you say things like Raju because he's got broken legs <laughs> is now on the back of Beam and they look and like they're doing Goro gy- from and, Mortal Kombat, right? And they're and they're doing gymnastics, right. <laughs> like it's like un- it sounds ridiculous, but it looks awesome. Right. Dare looks- I say it's epic? <laughs> <laughs> it really is amazing to watch. It really, really is. And you know, I mean, at that point, they're really one entity, right? right? Like to the yep. degree that Raju has got British rifle in each hand, <laughs> right? But he can't. They're they're bolt action. Yeah. So he shoots them, and then he lowers it down, and beam, racks the boat. <laughs> yeah. He shoots them again. <laughs> and they're just, they're one it's, person. They know? are. And, it is the best teamwork you'll see in any which, movie. <laughs> which, again, it, I mean, like, when you think about the purpose of this movie, which is what would happen if these two revolutionaries who didn't know each other came together, and, and that is what happened. I mean, they were working from different angles, different things, but they kick the british out mm-hmm. from you know using 
they were on the same team. They were one, even though they were not united. Right. Yeah. So and this is when we get into some symbolism. Because once they break out of the prison and they go into the forest, um, Beam takes Raju to a statue for the god Ram. Heals his leg once again. He heals his leg with the magic leaves. Yep. Which I really want to get some of those leaves. <laughs> need some of those. I got some pain. <laughs> now, I, all of the Indian mythology, pantheon, all of these things are very big and kind of complicated. So if I understand correctly, Ram is a god of war, fighting, that kind of thing. So He does have a bow and arrow. Yeah, a functional bow and arrow in the hands of this bronze statue. That was that was nice of whoever was in charge of that. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty good. So he dresses Raju in the clothing of the god Ram, the destroyer, the the war god. Right. And it's, I mean, when the British come again to bring them in again, um, I can't really imagine how that must feel to an Indian audience who's versed in that culture and in those stories and knows the relevance of everything seeing that happen because that's also the garb that the real historical Raju wore as a revolutionary and they say that later in the movie you've given me the attire that will inspire my fight yeah so as one essayist put it it is like seeing the superhero in his comic accurate costume for the first time. Yeah. So it's there's a lot of history converging at this one plot point. Yeah, and 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 they're fighting the British and they're and and like and again it's as epic as ever. It's it's you know they're they're kick flipping motorcycles. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. Yeah, not just kick flipping the motorcycle, but he catches it in there and he swings it like a bat. <laughs> right. I mean, I've seen people get hit by a motorcycle before, but not being swung like a bat. <laughs> no. no, that was just <laughs> crazy. It's, it's so over the top, but in the best possible way. In yeah. a way that's so cathartic to watch. Right. And- it, it really is fun. The whole movie is is it's not all fun, right? But the whole movie feels so genuine. The emotions feel so genuine. Um, even when it's traumatizing, like Molly's mom getting crushed with a stick or uh, right. or um, Beam getting ripped by a, a spike. Yeah. Uh, it still feels genuine, right? It, it feels authentic in, in real emotion. Not, yeah. Not cynical. Um, maybe it's partly because the colors are, are nice and sharp and it's not like muted and dull like so many modern movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't you know. know. It's, I... it's over the top fight action. Um, Beam basically becomes at some point what Aquaman should have been. Right. Right. Because, you know, he's uh, there's I mean, a moment. There's when... another song playing at this moment where the <laughs> lyrics to the vision visuals say of course there is pounces like a tiger out of the water right (laughs) but that moment when um it's i guess it's a large moment but you know beam is he's getting he's getting some water and uh the british 
uh, see him and he's about to shoot him and his beam is pouring the water into his mouth. Oh, yes. An arrow sails between himself <laughs> and the canteen and shoots the British guy who is about to shoot him. And then Beam there, looks at him and goes right into the water down to the bottom. Oh, it's so great. There, he doesn't I, look at Raju and say, hey, cutting it kind of close. Nope. He no, just no, jumps into the water. Takes it seriously. We're gone. I'm going to hide. There's a there's a part where, um, and I don't know if, how much I'm jumping ahead here, but but not much left. I know there's not much left. Well, well, there's two things I wanted to say. One is how the henchman dies is just you know very satisfying. Mm-hmm. Right by uh, by beam by beam. Mm-hmm. Yep, very face to face satisfying moment. But I think my favorite. I don't know about the whole movie, but <laughs> I one know of what my you're gonna say one of my favorite <laughs> part right is when Raju. <laughs> He shoots. He shoots a guy. He like, and I don't remember how he ends up in midair, but he's I in think midair. He was already flying through the air yeah, from fl- like a motorcycle. Oh, like, okay, it might have been uh, a beam spear getting stuck in the motorcycle or a grenade tipped arrow. Something, there are a couple of those. Something, yeah, yeah. Something explodes. This guy is flying and he's upside down. And and he gra- and he takes his arrow. He shoots a British guy in the heart. And as he's flying by the British guy, pulls it through his carcass, <laughs> restrains another guy. It's just, I mean, I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> Falcon can never hope to do something like that. The the the, the elf guy is not that skilled. Yeah, no, it's Avengers level stuff. It's so. It's just yeah. It's amazing, and it's, it's it's incredible to watch. It it just makes it's such a feel good type of stuff you sure. know sure and then Ra- raju turns to beam and says why are we fighting these jackals right let's go for the lion <laughs> so beam grabs another motorcycle just <laughs> oh you're driving by and then raju. raju jumps off the motorcycle spins around sees a guy riding He's a horse midair. Right. he shoots the guy with an arrow so he falls off the horse and Raju lands on the horse. One jump. <laughs> now, they, now they continue on. Like, these guys, like Jedi, are like, damn. Right, and right. another callback. We're headed towards the castle, and two hand signals. We've got to play it. I don't know what those hand signals mean, but I know what happens. <laughs> you know? He just Ex- launches flaming motorcycle launches at that the motorcycle, governor. <laughs> shoots. Was it a, just a flaming arrow or was it a grenade tipped arrow? I don't a flaming arrow. It. A flaming arrow. It lands arrow. in the gas tank and that's and how it, it explodes it, through the right, window. Right. So the, the motorcycle's on fire. It's sailing through the air. The governor is there with his wife and and a fairly large entourage yeah. watching this thing because they thought they were going to watch these guys get dragged back. Yeah. Right. And instead, what they've been seeing is just... It well, looks like a lightning show well, it was in the was still forest. dark. There's just gunfire everywhere. <laughs> He's like, what's going on out there? Because <laughs> that's not what you want to see when you send all of your men to catch two guys. Right, right. They don't have any guns. Right? <laughs> it's like a Polish firing squad. They all got in a big circle and shot at each other. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. More reinforcements. Sorry for any uh, Pulaski's who might be listening. Okay. Um, anyway, so the whole thing explodes under his feet, right? And that's how we get a very satisfying death to Mrs. Governor Scott, right? Because she just 
hanging As upside down in barbed she, wire. She gets all tangled up in barbed, barbed wire. Spiky, <laughs> <Yeah>, spiky. Um, <laughs> the governor is down like on the ground. Right, right. There's a lot of rhyming, a lot of echoes. Um, you know, the explosions. The explosion is like is like Luke versus the Death Star. Yeah. Like, I mean, it takes out not just the room that it's in. Because it's this awesome moment where the flaming motorcycle kind of lands in there. And I don't remember if the motorcycle blows up first or if some of the ammunition does. Well, it's in a room of but, TNT. Right, it's in a room of ammo and TNT. But it explodes. And then you see flying, flaming bits. And then it lands in some... And then those explode. Right. And, then, and then flying, flaming bits. And, and then that explodes. And then it pans back and the whole building is just sequentially blown. I was going to say, apparently the entire British armament was stored in that right. one building. Right. That makes sense, right? Because that's where they were shipping it to all yeah. of the all of the um That makes sense. All of the outposts from that one place, which is why uh Raju was there in the first place. Right. Right? Cuz he 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 knew where the central, I guess, distribution center was. And so he does end up um beam now that he knows, he goes into the, the building. Exploding that is building. Exploding around him. <laughs> and, and with superhuman coolness, I'm sure, he just like gathers as many crates as he can. He stacks them on top and ties them all together and drags Lines the them guns. Out. And again, with the building exploding around him, inspects the guns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, just, he does stop to take, make sure that there's guns in them. Though, right. right. Um, <laughs> But then, and that's when you get the final load, aim, shoot. Well, yeah, that, and and you know, again, Raju and his cool, pure coolness, you know, sees the governor and says, you know, what's the worth of a bullet? <laughs> yeah, the governor's trying to load the gun, so Raju shoots an arrow through his shoulder, pins him to right. a slab of concrete. Because that's a great bow, <laughs> right? And he catches the 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 bullet that the governor flung when he got shot, right? <laughs> and hands the gun and the bullet to Beam, right? How can you throw away this bullet? That's Beam, return it to him that he may keep it in his heart. <laughs> like, oh, this is poetry. This is Shakespeare. It, this it, is it great. Is. <laughs> it is. This is Rajamali. <laughs> and I mean, can anything when the bullet goes through him? And then mm. having fallen from the top, there's a sign that says the sun never sets on the British Empire <laughs> and his blood splatters across him <laughs> as the bullet goes through him. I mean subtle. <laughs> it's it's wonderful, is what it is. Mm-hmm. You know why the sun never set on the British Empire? God doesn't trust the British in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Okay, wrap up time. I we all love this movie. It's fantastic. In fact, walk, walking out the first time with with uh, Stephen, um, Stephen turned to me and he goes, "You know, I just feel a little bit better about the world after seeing <laughs> that." It's a great. It's movie. really nice to see the bad guys be absolutely the worst and then lose. It's and well, the good guys yeah, but absolutely it, win. But it's all of those trials and tribulations that they went through. It was not an easy win. Everything about that is so cathartic at the end. The themes are just powerful. So maybe just uh, let's just go around and maybe like what um, 
if you have a takeaway or a thought, like what would you, um, what would you say about this movie? Um, <laughs> have that, you just spent four and a half I know. I know. Just spent, how, how, how can we sum up? It, it is kind of funny. Like we've spent, I don't know, two hours talking about a three hour movie <laughs> and we, and, and trust us, we can go two more. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I could have done two hours just on a scene, pick a scene and let's yeah. talk about the, the themes and the, yeah. Cause it really and that is. includes the dance number. <laughs> it really, well, it, inc- it includes the dance number at the end. Oh, like, right. I didn't <laughs> touched on that. Right. It was, you know what? It was kind of like, remember in uh Jesus 88, we didn't start the fire. Yeah. Right, how he just keeps, like, he keeps, like, mentioning, like, historical events. I don't even remember how far back it went. But, I mean, that's kind of kind of the theme, although I probably better done, of that, that last movie, or the last song in the movie. Yeah. You know, where they're dancing and singing, and they're talking about the heroes of the revolution that they call bulls. Yep. Right? And I, I don't know who any of them are. Not a one. There was less time in my uh, government school spent on Indian independence than there was on American independence. <laughs> and there wasn't much. There wasn't much of that. About American independence. Other right. Than, you know, even at that time, you know, George Washington had slaves, right? Right. Yeah. yeah, I did, yeah, yeah. I did know that. I knew he freed them all when he died. Did you know that? Did you know Jefferson? Does that matter? Did you know Jefferson couldn't because he was so far in debt? <laughs> uh, right. Uh, anyway. I love it. A little Jefferson jab there. That's yeah, fun. Yeah, take it, Jefferson. <laughs> Jeffy boy. There's so much to talk about. And it, the movie is full of cultural, historical, and religious imagery and references that we don't even know about. Right. I know it's there. But I can't pick it out of a crowd. But it kind of makes me want to learn a little bit about some of that. I would love to know more about the history, the culture, the pantheon. And if the movie accomplishes nothing more than that, I mean, that has to be a win for India, don't you think? I mean, I'm not saying people should, like, consider converting to Hinduism. Right. Because, I mean, that, that caste system alone that has grown out of Hinduism has caused more evil than probably communism it's very possible that's hard to do yeah that is hard to do but i mean the idea that you are born into this lowly state because god put you there because that's where you deserve to be because of something you did in a previous life i mean that has created some real real problems having said that it'd be good to understand more about you know um well but i think beyond that like the the themes that are in that movie are universal absolutely you you know the 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 the, the themes of of friendship and it seems so dang cliche like everything about this movie could have been a cliche and is a cliche but it's such an epic cliche to like turn it up to 11 that it just 13 13 that's right (laughs) it's beautiful it's it's beautiful and and you know, uh, um, it, we I had uh, Joey on the podcast a few days ago. We talked a little bit about the Second Amendment themes of, of you know, of being able to protect yourself from tyranny and and that we're stronger as, um, you know, that, that that we the people are stronger than the elites who wish to to rule us. That's there, um, family. Uh, you know. I there's there is just so much that is that is 
I that I think like is relevant today in my life right now, and that's why I loved it. I would love it if this movie could come out on Blu-ray, extended editions. Give me all of the deleted scenes. Give me director's commentary. And I'd love an annotated version of this movie where they explain all of the references. Right. Like when the, the human yeah. pyramid pops up and, and they're like, you know, <laughs> right. th- this is celebrating uh, the, the birthday of Krishna because when Krishna was a boy, um, he loved like honey. So they had to hang the honey in pots way above where he couldn't reach them. So he got his friends to make a human pyramid and he would climb up and steal the honey pots. Like... I had to look that up. Wow. Like, I had no idea that's what that was referring yeah, to. That's what it is. It's a huge celebration of Krishna's birthday because everybody apparently likes Krishna the boy. Yeah. More than they like apparently Krishna the, the full grown god. <laughs> um, Culture, religion, history. When, and when I was this, like, I, did, I didn't shot. watch the movie and I haven't looked it up since. But when I was in India, they actually had released a movie called uh, Baby Ganesha and Me. Okay. It was, you know, Ganesha is the elephant-headed, like, right. humanoid god, right? And it's, it's favorite in Mumbai. Um, and the whole thing was like, it was like a VeggieTales <laughs> kind of a thing, right? Where baby Ganesha is, like, befriending this kid, and they have adventures. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah I, don't, I don't remember the story of That's how Ganesha came to be. Um, I was, I asked someone, and, and she was explaining, you know, like, it was this goddess and that goddess. She's like, there's a whole story. And I'm like, there better be. <laughs> there's be a whole story. But like, if my wife gives birth to a baby that's got an elephant head, there's a story there for sure. Press play. Right? Um, this really introduced us to Tollywood cinema and Telugu language films, which are apparently all at least two and a half hours long since they have an intermission. So we were watching one of these, like a weird western kind of drama and there's these people that robbed a place so they were taking the treasure and then these bandits found the people that robbed the treasure so they dressed up one of the guys as this god with 10 faces so he's got like five masks on one side and four masks on another and these masks are sacrificed through fire, and these are buried. So how, what are we going to do with this guy? Well, I guess we're going to burn him and bury him. It's like, this is so much for one <laughs> right. thing, and I want to know so much about it. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's references. References to the stuff that yeah. at one point in, in this country, you know, would have been, um, you know, biblical references. Right. Um, even even Shakespearean uh, possibly even even Roman. Yeah, you know, and we all would have known him. We 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 would have been fluent in those references. Right, right. Which is not so much the case. Right anymore. Uh, which I guess is one of my takeaways is that India, India is a vast and varied place, mm-hmm. and not everybody even close to has the same the same religion. Right, but they're still very much steeped in their own history in their own mythology if you if you will yeah um i mean i know that something like 20% of the country is muslim um and a smaller percentage but significant is christian 
Uh, and then the rest are different, you know, variations. I mean, Buddhism started there and Hinduism started there, but they all kind of, they all kind of are aware of all of it. And they, right. They, they know like the stories of it. That, that has been my experience anyway, you know? Um, yeah that's... they can recognize like oh i see he's wearing like a green turban that means this thing that's a sikh and that guy's a a, a, a jane yeah you know? and like they're both wearing they're all wearing turbans you know it's like it's a real subtle difference between a jane <laughs> and a sikh for, for me right um but they they're they're definitely steeped in their own culture um even though it is crazy varied right? yeah and America is less steeped, I think, uh, certainly in our own history and in our own mythology, which includes not just religions, of course. Um, uh, I use mythology in a broader sense, but like the stories of the founders, yep. right? Um, and and even, even stories after that. So that's a big deal there still. And, of course... Men are still men and women are still women. Yeah. In India, uh, there's, there's no, there's no confusion. Right. Right. The clo- like, I, I um, met, briefly interacted with someone who my my driver said was a eunuch. Okay. In, in Mumbai, and um, I don't know. For sure, his English wasn't spectacular, and my Hindi stopped at. I don't understand Hindi. Do you speak English? <laughs> um, but um, he's, he called him a eunuch and he was clearly a man and was clearly dressed in a, in a sari, in a traditional Indian dress. Um, and he was a beggar. Okay. Which makes me think that probably he literally was a eunuch, that his, his parents had him castrated. Um, so that he would be that type of beggar. Right. But beyond that, like a man is a man and a woman is a woman. Yeah. You know, and that's just the way that it is. And nobody's confused about it and nobody's upset about it. And in Indian movies, your hero is allowed to be a hero without somebody winking and nudging and making a joke out of the hero. Yeah. Right. I mean, John Wayne wasn't my favorite movie star but john wayne was that kind of hero right like right he, was, he, he portrayed those heroes yeah he was he was cut and dried mm-hmm. what he was doing is right and what the other guys are doing is wrong um clint eastwood was when it started to get a little more muddled and john wayne really didn't like that yeah and having experienced you know 50 years of that culture now Right. Yep. I can see that it just continued to get more muddled. And in most Indian movies that I've seen, I can't claim a lot. I mean, a dozen or or so. Um, But the bad guys are the bad guys and the good guys are the good guys. And even when they have a crisis of conscience, like like uh, Raju does, um, it's not because they're not sure whether they're good or whether their cause is even just. But in his case, how far do I go yeah. to, to accomplish this thing, right? And the, that also is a big question that I think everybody at some point has something like that in their life, right? They have something that they want to accomplish, and you 
have to ask yourself, like, am I willing to hurt other people to do it? Right. Am I willing to pay that price? Right. Yeah. And it might be, it might be mundane things. I mean, for most of us, it's not going to be saving the whole country. Um, which, you know, if, if you knew nothing, like if you had just arrived on planet earth and you watched RRR, you would be like, wow. Those, uh, those British must have got been kicked out of India by 1925, huh? <laughs> right? Like, these guys must have teamed up and just run them right out of town on a rail. Right. I mean, it took 40-something more years, and I'm not, I'm not as willing as most Indians to give Gandhi all the credit. Yeah. Because I think a large part of the reason why the British at home were so open to Gandhi's message of, you know, nonviolence and just let us be was that they had had decades of one resistance, one uprising after another, you know, well, and they I, were losing British boys. They weren't coming home. And that was a beautiful, I think a really important part of this movie is, 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 you know, as an American, all we think about is Gandhi as the great revolutionary and the great, you know, emancipator of of india but that's not true like these guys were really important um and uh i again i don't know enough but dang it made for a great movie it it, it made for an absolutely wonderful movie all right well thank you guys jim james man thanks for coming over and talking about my new favorite movie (laughs) thanks for having us thank you for introducing me to my new favorite movie (laughs) you're most welcome we'll have to you know maybe we'll do we'll pick a scene and do it again i don't know or maybe we'll talk about swamp thing i don't know (laughs) (laughs) swamp thing (laughs) all right well everybody you oh please if you like this content you know what to do do that (laughs) thing that you do so that we can make more of it which like that <laughs> <laughs> you are listening to and if love remains the first of 23 installments requested by dr levitt we're trying to be in compliance here because we're taking him and that whole organization down